0: if you're interested in learning a ton more about how to level up your health and wellness and, and maybe you need to lose a little extra weight or your digestion isn't so great, whatever it is, this is the episode for you because my next guest is a New York Times bestselling author who regularly gives advice on his own fantastic podcast, the Dr. Gundry Podcast. But before I introduce you to Dr. Stephen Gundry, I want to make sure you've signed up for the Java Junkies Journal. That's T4C's weekly newsletter that drops in your inbox to help you level up your insights into dozens of different industries and careers. Just head over to the Time for Coffee website at time, the number four, coffee.org, and the sign up box is right there. Now, my Java lovers, please grab your mug and take a chug of your favorite caffeinated brew because it's time for another caffeinated career conversation. And my guest is Dr. Stephen Gundry, one of the world's top cardiothoracic surgeons and a pioneer in nutrition as well as being the medical director at the International Heart and Lung Institute Center for Restorative Medicine. Dr. Gundry has spent the last two decades studying the gut microbiome. And if you don't know what that is, you are definitely going to want to stay tuned. And he now helps patients use diet and nutrition as a key form of treatment. He is author of many New York Times bestselling books, including The Plant Paradox and The Plant Paradox Cookbook, as well as The Longevity Paradox, How to Die Young at a Ripe Old Age, and his very latest book, The Energy Paradox, What to Do When Your Get Up and Go Has Got Up and Gone, was published in March, 2021. Dr. Gundry is also the founder of Gundry MD, a line of wellness products and supplements. And 20 years ago, Dr. Gundry retired as a cardiologist to focus on teaching patients how to eat, guiding them on how to get ahead of the problem, not fixing it after the fact. Dr. Gundry, welcome to time for coffee. Are you caffeinated and ready to go with your Massive mug there. I've
1: got my massive mug of tea, which definitely has caffeine in it as well. And maybe if we have time, we'll talk about how good caffeine is for you. But great to have,
0: great to be here, Andrea. Thank you so much. You almost said great to have you on the show because you're so used to being the I'm host. So used to being the host of a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can relax. I get to ask all the questions here, and I was also super relieved when. I read in your latest book, The Energy Paradox, that you're not anti-coffee. Not at all. Well, before we get into The Energy Paradox, because this is a show, yes, it's about energy. I want my young listeners who are college students and young professionals to get insights into wellness, health, and self-care because... What good is it to have a job you love if your mental health, if your physical health sucks? But it's also about careers and how guests like you have navigated their professional journeys from college to career. So, what changed for you that compelled you to quit this really good practice as a top cardiothoracic surgeon? and pivot into this world of prevention?
1: I mean, it was easy because I realized that instead of patching people up, I could empower people to never have to get patched up by me. And I could, you know, I did 10,000 operations, but My books have now been read by millions of people. And at least from the feedback I get, I've changed millions of lives. And but there was no
0: guarantee that any of that would have happened.
1: And the sad thing is, I mean, quite frankly, teaching people how to eat does not pay well. And to my wife, I mean, we went through incredibly hard times, went through all of our savings, went through. We sold our houses, sold our cars, rented apartments, going from kind of, you know, top of the income brackets as a heart surgeon to teaching people how to eat. And my wife, to her credit, you know, stayed with it the whole time and said, you know. This is what you gotta do. And I said, you know, I could always go back and you know, I can start up my career as art surgeon again. And she said, No, you know, this is, you know, this is the path. And something good is gonna happen from all this. Because I was getting great personal satisfaction by you know, watching somebody with an autoimmune disease, with severe IBS or with severe Crohns reverse their autoimmune disease. Hashimoto's thyroiditis, make it go away. And people with heart disease clean out their coronary arteries. So there's nothing more personally satisfying except that just didn't help the bank account very well.
0: So how did you make that turn (laughs) from not quite being on food stamps, but definitely not living the high life, selling all of your biggest material goods to... Starting to make some money. What was it that changed?
1: Well, two things. I Luckily, because of all my patients, I had a wealth of experience with what worked and what didn't work with dietary recommendations, with supplement recommendations. I would send people to Costco and Trader Joe's to buy supplements. Uh, this was before Amazon, and so I, I wrote a book back in 2007 that got published right at the height of the Great Recession, which is not a good time to publish a book. And we we really hoped that that was going to do it, but it didn't. But then, and I think here's another example. It was a really good book. If if that book had been a super bestseller, I probably would have said okay, I know everything there is to know about nutrition. And, you know, I'm the god of nutrition, and I'll just kind of keep saying that. Well, because it didn't, and because I kept seeing patients, I kept an open mind that, oh, you know, this recommendation wasn't all that good. And what if I had said this? And so when another few years went by, literally 10 years, I wrote The Plant Paradox, which kind of said if you read the two books, you go, wow, you know, these don't agree a whole lot with each other. And that's because I spent another 10 years learning from my patients. And it was that 10 years, I guess, of modesty that I wasn't the smartest person in nutrition that allowed me to keep looking at this. And then simultaneously, Speaking of luck or magic or magic, I was invited to speak at a a meeting called Summit and it was a small gathering. And at the end of the meeting, a guy who appeared did not have two nickels rubbed together, long hair, holes in his jeans, a wonderful millennial walks up to me, he says, hey, you know, that's really interesting what you were talking about. Have you ever thought about doing a line of supplements? And my wife and I rolled our eyes because many supplement companies through the years had come to me and saying, hi, we'd like to put your name on our line of supplements. We want you to endorse them. And I go, no, I couldn't do that because I know too much about supplements, what works, what doesn't, and I would have to have control." of what goes in the supplements and so we never reached a deal even though it would have been lucrative and so this guy says i said i'd have to have control of making you know what goes in the supplements he says, oh okay well you could do that you could do that with us and i go okay you know how, how you know who are you what's your distribution and he says oh well, we do 45-minute infomercials on the internet. And my wife turns to him and goes, right, who's going to watch a 45-minute infomercial on the internet? And he says, well, you might be surprised. And so we said, maybe we should look into this. So we signed a contract to come out with my first supplement. And now 120 million views later, Gundry MD, to our knowledge, is the largest internet-based supplement company in America. And kind of the rest is history.
0: That's a fascinating story. Love it. Love it. So can you talk about your research, your research that formed the foundation of the plant paradox in which you got into something called lectins and what you discovered.
1: Yeah. So interestingly, going back you know, to my research at Yale, plants have a defense system against being eaten and as strange as it may seem to people, plants do not want to be eaten. They have a life. They do not want their babies eaten, their seeds. But they have—they can't run, hide, or you know, fight. But they're chemists of incredible ability. So they can produce a defense against being eaten that causes the animal pain, suffering, doesn't thrive. And one of their defense systems is a protein that are called lectins. And most people have never heard of lectins, but most people have heard of gluten. And gluten happens to be a lectin. And glutins are sticky proteins that go looking for sugar molecules to stick to. And those sugar molecules line the lining of our gut, they line the lining of our joints, they line the spaces where one nerve talks to another nerve, they line the surface of our blood vessels. And lo and behold, if a animal eats a plant lectin and the animal isn't doing well or doesn't feel well or doesn't thrive, a smart animal says, you know, every time I eat this plant or this plant baby, I'm not doing very well and I'm not going to eat this anymore. Plant wins, the animal wins, everybody's happy. Then humans arrive. Humans, as all of us know, are rather stupid. When we eat things that don't agree with us or cause heart disease, we keep eating them and get a stand or a coronary bypass. So, what I set out to do is show, actually based originally on my research at Yale, that most of the compounds that we think are normal to eat only arrived in the human diet 10,000 years ago when grains and beans were started to be eaten. And some of our favorite foods only arrived in our diet 500 years ago when Columbus began trafficking in North and South American plant products, like peanuts, like tomatoes, like eggplant, like potatoes, like corn. These are all modern foods with lectins in them that we, the vast majority of us, I've never seen except for 500 years. So that, that
0: was the basis. Thank you. So as you mentioned, lectins affect our bodies in not so great ways. Specifically, our gastrointestinal system. Maybe I shouldn't say specifically, but in addition to in addition. all the other parts of the yeah. body that you outlined there. And the gastrointestinal tract, is also known as the gut, and there's something called the gut wall, which really is a misnomer because it's only about a cell thick. Why should we care, Dr. Gundry, if we have food particles that are permeating the gut wall and getting into our bloodstream?
1: Great question. And anyone who is at all worried about COVID actually ought to know that the reason pre-existing conditions are why people with pre-existing conditions are so susceptible to getting COVID and getting sick from COVID is that all pre-existing conditions are caused by leaky gut. And if that doesn't get your attention, nothing should. So 80% of our immune system lines our gut. And it's there because foreign particles shouldn't get through our wall. Think of it as the Great Wall of China and the Mongolian horde shouldn't be coming across the wall. And when foreign invaders come across the wall, our immune system, which is our army, gets energized and causes inflammation. And in my current book, The Energy Paradox, the lack of energy is because our immune system is taking every last bit of energy and fuel to fight a continuous war that's occurring because the hordes are coming across our border.
0: And that's because of the lectins. The lectins are breaking down.
1: Yeah. There's a, a wonderful professor at Harvard now, Dr. Fasano, who actually proved that lectins are one of the major causes of leaky gut, of making holes in the wall. And he was able to demonstrate this. In fact, he recently wrote a paper that says All diseases are caused by leaky gut, period. And I totally agree with him.
0: So as someone who has been a passionate student of functional and integrative medicine for years, I'm talking about myself here, I thought I was eating a healthy diet, Dr. Gundry. So did I. And I realized thanks to you, that I'm not. And what has also shocked me is that I clearly also have a leaky gut. And how do I know? Tell me if this resonates. I sleep about eight or nine hours a night. But when I wake up, I'm tired. And I go through the day and more often than not, I feel tired and I have brain fog. And I drink my cup of coffee and I'm also on antidepressant medication because I've suffered from depression over the years. And as you say, in the energy paradox, you believe most Americans like me, like you, have leaky gut. Yeah. How do you know? Well, luckily
1: now... There are sophisticated measurements of whether or not you're activating the triggers that open the little tight junctions. And you can show, I've published papers on this, Dr. Fasano's published papers, that if we remove the mischief makers that for most of us cause leaky gut, and we repair the wall of our gut, and the energy paradox teaches you how to do that, we can measure, every we, every three months we do blood tests and show that, in fact, oh my gosh, you know, it may take a while, but now, number one, your leaky gut is gone. But number two, all the other markers of inflammation that we can measure, like C-reactive protein, like I talk in the book, and they're gone. And I'll give you a great example today. I just saw a woman today in her 60s. She's a physician, and she was diagnosed with with Parkinson's disease that came out of the blue about a year ago. And interestingly enough, every time her well-meaning physicians would put her on Parkinson's drugs, she got worse. And she's going, this isn't jiving," And she's Skinny, she's healthy, she's eaten a healthy diet, she's a health nut. So, we got these leaky gut tests, and we also got brain tests, leaky brain tests. And as I talk about in the energy paradox, if you've got leaky gut, the odds are you have leaky brain and you have neuroinflammation, which basically means that. You're attacking your own brain, and I talk about this in The Energy Paradox. So long story short, we get these tests, and not only does she have big-time leaky gut, which didn't surprise me, she's sensitive to a number of lectin-containing foods, among which is corn, and she grew up in Iowa and loves corn. and. Then we look at her brain, and she has autoimmune attacks against the movement centers in her brain so she so she more than likely has what's called gluten ataxia, or at the very at the very best, she doesn't have parkinson's; she has an autoimmune attack against her brain caused by her leaky gut, and so the exciting thing is, you know, here's a 65 year old woman who is basically on a walker and going, geez, you know, this is my life. You know, I'm a doctor, I'm 65, the medicines aren't working. So the exciting thing is, holy cow, now we know why that happened to you. And if you, you know, again, yeah, if you had asked me 15 years ago, I would have said it's pseudoscience. But now here's. Phenomenal evidence that the food that this woman was eating
0: was the cause, you know, of her Parkinson-like syndrome. Dr. Gundry, I can guess some of our listeners who are still in college may be thinking, well, gosh, 65 is a long way off. What does this energy paradox have to do with me? How, how are the, the diet of our young listeners affecting their gut in such a way that it is affecting their ability to live with the kind of vitality that they would like to have?
1: Got off the phone yesterday with a recent graduate from a Southern university, and I won't uh, embarrass him by saying that started in university, but he had struggled all his life with irritable bowel, with allergies, with eczema, had trouble gaining weight, had lots of brain fog in college and was really struggling with anxiety and depression in college. And he was on antidepressive meds, which seemed to even make him more brain foggy and A year and a half ago he discovered my book the plant paradox and within six months, he was off his antidepressants, he was gaining weight, he no longer had irritable bowel, and he's now married so and it, it, we were talking, and he just wanted he, Called me. He says, you know, he says, I just want to tell you, you know, I don't know, you don't know me, but you changed my life because what I thought was just normal, you know, suck it up, this is what I got to do, isn't normal. And actually, I wrote the Energy Paradox in the introduction. I was I was driving into Orange County to do a PBS promotion to make money for PBS Public Television, and I got a call on my phone driving the the person who was going to interview me, a millennial, couldn't make it in because she just didn't have it in her to come in today. And I'm, you know, I'm going, and I said, Oh, geez, you know, should I turn around? They said, No, no, you know, we'll get somebody else. It'll be okay. But that resonated with me so much that this, you know, very young person would go, I just don't have it in me to to come into work today. To do this and just a simple interview. And I went, wow, maybe I've been naive about how deep this problem goes. And Dr. Daniel Amen, the famous psychiatrist, and I have talked extensively now, and we've become good friends. And he's convinced that much of our anxiety and depression and tiredness is coming from our gut, from a dysbiotic microbiome, from a leaky gut. And the whole idea that depression and anxiety is a mental illness, we probably got it wrong. It is a gut illness. And the really cool thing is, if we gave more attention to taking care of these hundreds of trillions of single-celled organisms, that live in our gut, it's
0: amazing what they can do to take care of us. Fantastic. Well, I've also had the pleasure of interviewing Dr. Amon on Time for Coffee, and our listeners can check out the Time for Coffee website and just Google him to listen to his episode. Dr. Gundry, what are the do's and don'ts of the Energy Paradox Plan?
1: So one of, the, one of the most important things that I've written in all my books, it's what I tell you not to eat that's far more important than what I tell you to eat. And so really what you want to do is, is get rid of almost all grains except for sorghum and millet. Get rid of most of the legumes and beans unless you pressure cook them. And they, and they are entirely safe to Get rid of the nightshade families like tomatoes and eggplants and bell peppers and, and potatoes, and get rid of peanuts and cashews. They are actually beans, and I can't tell you the number of people who cashews are one of their troublemakers. The second thing is the more I can get you to eat for what I call your gut buddies, the good bacteria in your gut, soluble fiber and resistant starches. So soluble fiber is present in, for instance, asparagus is loaded with soluble fiber. All the chicory family vegetables like Belgian endive, for instance, like radicchio, that Italian red lettuce that you see in most grocery stores now, artichokes, artichoke hearts are fantastic. Jerusalem artichokes are another great option. Sweet potatoes and yams, another great option. We're beginning to see lots of alternative pastas, like cassava flour pasta, instead of wheat flour pasta. So there's great options out there. The second thing that I think is most important is that the more I can have people reduce the eating window where they begin eating in the morning and they finish eating at night. And I call it time-controlled eating. Some people call it intermittent fasting. But the exciting research from both animals and humans show that if you really want to have perfect early and long-term health, the more you compress your eating window to six to eight hours a day, the more wonderful things that are going to happen to you. It's actually dramatic, the the things that happen. So the good news is you can have your coffee, black coffee, don't put anything in it. If you have to put something in it, put medium chain triglycerides, MCT oil in it. But have your coffee and make it through to oh ten or eleven or noon before your first meal and the book teaches people slow but surely how to get to that point. I don't want you to marl, say, "Oh, I'm going to make it till noon, and you know I won't eat anything. you'll fall flat on your face, but go ahead and have your coffee in fact, how we started all this, the ingredients in coffee maybe one of the most health-promoting things that has ever been discovered, ever.
0: ever. Yippee! What is that?
1: So, it's actually, I go into this a lot in my next book, which I'm just actually finishing up. But, so... The,
0: I'll have some, to have you back for that.
1: Yeah, there's some really cool... Caffeine does so much good for your little energy producing organelles, the mitochondria that I talk about. But the polyphenols in coffee also dramatically improve your brain performance. So it's not just that, you know, you're thinking, oh, it's just the caffeine that's jolting me awake. In fact, there's very good evidence that people who have five cups of coffee per day never get Parkinson's disease and have very minimal dementia as they get older.
0: Well, wow. That is just, that is music so, to my ears.
1: Oh, there you go. Now there's now you have a reason to exist for your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> if you didn't
0: already. <laughs> so two final time for coffee questions, Dr. Gundry, and I try to ask all of my guests these questions. Could you share a time in your professional life when you struggled? Now, you've already told us about when you quit your practice and got into nutritional education. That may be it. That may be the one. The most important point to this story would be how you persevered. And if there was a lesson that you learned in the process,
1: yeah, so you know the the low point was, I mean, meeting with bankruptcy attorneys, and I said, you know, I've been, you know, I was in my in my sixties and going, and I, you know, we came away, and I said, I I am not going to do this. This is not who I am. This is not how we're getting out of this. And I was working, I was working five days a week seeing patients, and I said. You know what? I'll start seeing patients on Saturday and Sunday. And that'll that'll bring in some income. And so I opened my offices seven days a week. I didn't take any time off. And that was enough to, you know, to tide us over. Now the interesting thing is, obviously now with best selling books, etc., but I still see patients on Saturdays and Sundays. Why? Because number one, it, it's become a habit. Number two, I'm still like a kid in a candy store. I, I can't wait to, to see a patient and watch them hopefully take this knowledge and turn their life around. So why wouldn't I, you know, go into work on a Saturday and Sunday to, to do that? So I work seven days a week. What do you think
0: the takeaway lesson is from all of that?
1: Never give up. Never give up. Find a way. Change a way. But never give up.
0: Final question. If you could go back to college, back to Yale, and do it all over again, but based on the wisdom you have now, what advice would you give yourself, Dr. Gundry?
1: So, you know, believe it or not, I don't think you can plan things as well as you think you can plan things. And be open to surprise. I think that's the lesson. You you most people probably overplan things and don't allow themselves the opportunity for surprise, and I can tell you all of my books, when I set out to write them, I had a plan, I had an outline, and very rapidly with each of my books, the plan and the outline basically got torn up because I would find a surprise that I did not know, that I did not plan, and I like to go down rabbit holes. And the surprises actually were far more important than even in the energy paradox. There were so many surprises that the in- initial plan was torn up.
0: Well, I think that is a beautiful note on which to end, because life is full of wonderful surprises, even now, as we are hopefully coming out of this health pandemic, we're doing this interview. Towards the end of March 2021, there are some magical things that are gonna happen to our young listeners. A hundred percent, if they're open to it and if they keep persevering. Dr. Gundry is the host of the Dr. Gundry podcast. You gotta check it out. It is terrific. He has amazing guests. And his newest book, which I have a hunch is going to be another bestseller, is entitled The Energy Paradox. What to do when your get up and go has got up and gone. Dr. Gundry, I want to thank you so much for making time for coffee today, even though it was time for tea. With me and the Tea for C community, this was just wonderful.
1: Andrew, thanks so much for having me on and good for you for doing this and helping all of our young listeners
0: thanks so much for listening to this latest episode of t for c and if you're interested in learning more about my coaching services for confused college students and recent grads feel free to check out the time for coffee website under the coaching tab at